on the UB Sports Network from Learfield, live from Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Transit Road. This is UB Football Insider with Lance Leipold, presented by Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill. Also brought to you in part by our Team UB partners, Ad Pro Sports, ComDoc, by WGRZ Channel 2, Nike, Pepsi, by Town BMW, and by New Era Cap. Now, with head coach Lance Leipold, here's Paul Peck. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Santora's Pizza Public Grill on Transit Road. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria, and it is another edition of UV Football Insider here on a Monday night. The only Monday night this year where we'll actually be on the eve of a game because the Bulls are home tomorrow night. It's a 7.30 kickoff at UB Stadium against the Bowling Green Falcons. So we'll talk an awful lot about the game coming up in the next hour. Now, because of the duties of the night before a game, Coach Leipold is tied up. We've got some excellent substitutes for him today. We're going to call this our big boy show because we've got offensive line coach Daryl Agpalsa and defensive line coach Tim Edwards as our guests to talk about the big boys in the trenches and I'm sure they'll be the first to tell me that those guys don't get enough publicity for all that they do well guess what after today they'll get it so we'll talk about that we'll have radio color analyst Scott Wilson on later in the show to get a real in-depth preview of the Bowling Green Falcons they're coming in at two and seven but they're an interesting two and seven team we'll talk an awful lot about that and we'll take our regular trip around the mac with john fuller from the ub athletic communication staff all of it is coming your way in the next hour as we get you ready for tomorrow night's game and again we're here at santora's pizza pub and grill on transit road buffalo's original pizzeria and we've got much more to tell you about some of their specials coming up as well too but we get this thing started with bulls offensive line coach Daryl Agpalsa. Daryl, welcome to UB Football Insider. You are in the Lance Leipold hot seat today. You ready to go? I can't wait. I know you can't wait. So we're going to talk a lot about Daryl's unit on the offensive line. We're going to talk about the matchup with Bowling Green tomorrow, but we're going to start off by letting everybody know a little bit about who you are. And I think the most interesting thing when we look at your bio among the many interesting things, Daryl, is you are a native of Hawaii. So what was it like growing up in Hawaii and then the follow-up question will be what made you decide to leave the most <laughs> beautiful place in the world it, it's a funny question a lot of people ask me that when I head into homes for recruiting and I tell them that's because I came to Buffalo because I love the weather <laughs> it's a great place Good answer it is it's a great place <laughs> um, but yeah it's kind of like what everybody would think it is growing up in Hawaii it's a beautiful place 70 and sunny every day you wear hoodies for style not more for necessity <laughs> a little bit but um, you know, having the opportunity to, to go to college in the mainland and, and make my track around to the East Coast, it's been um, great for perspective in terms of it's it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful country. What what was it? Was it just to go to the mainland? I mean, what drove you to make the decision to leave? I'm sure you'll tell me a lot. It's hard for a lot of people to leave there. Probably a lot of people you grew up with and played with. You know, it's, it's a tough decision. What was it that drove you to say, I want to go to the mainland and experience what life is like there? Sure. You know, it's uh, it's. I grew up on a rock in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, to be quite <laughs> candid true. with you. And, um, it is hard to leave, but at the same time, having the opportunity to visit the mainland with my family, I knew there was so much more to explore um, in the United States. And to get the opportunity to go to college, uh, I thought it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I still have a bunch of friends. I still live on the island. I get back. I, my entire family still lives there. And the one thing that I've learned throughout my years being on the mainland and going back is that it, it doesn't change very much. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, so, you know, I think for people that follow college football, they have started to understand Hawaii turns out a lot of really good football players. Obviously, the University of Hawaii has always had a good program, but even the, the people that decide to leave to go to some of the West Coast universities and Oregon's always had a lot of prominent Hawaiians, Marcus Mariota to be one of them, mm -hmm. um, that comes into my mind at first. What is it about the culture and the nature of athletics on Hawaii that turns out so many good players? You know, I'll tell you what, I, I, I truly believe this. Uh, being born and bred there the game of football uh, changes lives there you know and for us to be raised in a culture where football is very important uh, playing football at a high level at different uh, different high schools um, you can tell that's pretty prominent in the islands that the game of football can help uh, young men with opportunities 
opportunities they probably wouldn't have been afforded of in the first place. So you go to Linfield College, which is in Oregon, to go play, and then that sort of gets you going on the coaching career. So what was it like playing there, and then what made you decide that coaching was going to be your future? You know, um, I went to Linfield College. As I had a bunch of friends that were going there. I, if I'm being quite candid with you, I did nothing in terms of the recruiting process. <laughs> um, my mom told me I was going to go to school, and I picked a school in Oregon that I had some friends going to. I knew nothing about the program and the history of that program, and Gosh, I was blessed. I was really lucky. Someone was looking out for me. So you found you wound up, you wound up at a good place, even though I you didn't did, necessarily did. uh, know where you were I going. I did. Huh? I did a poor job of investigating <laughs> my universities when I was going to uh, when I was trying to get to college. But I'm sure that's now come back and taught you as a recruiter to make sure you encourage that. Absolutely. Don't you? Absolutely. Um, what made you decide to get in coaching? You know, I graduated from Linfield with a business degree, um, and I explored the the business world for about a year, and I really didn't feel like it was a great fit for me. Um, so I stayed on, and I ended up being a restricted earnings coach, helping with the offensive line, and, and fell in love with teaching. Uh, you make a bunch of other stops along the way. Minnesota is a graduate assistant, uh, and then you wind up at Wisconsin Whitewater, where obviously you, you work under Coach Leipold, and then that sort of leads to you coming here. What's been, uh, what's been the journey like? Uh, and, and I know coaching is always a journey in, mm -hmm. in all those stops. What's that been like for you and the family? Well, I'll tell you what, it, it's been a journey. You know, it's uh, starting in Minnesota, had a bunch of great mentors there. And uh, once I was done with my opportunity there to, to hook on with Lance and the staff there was just another tremendous opportunity. And the, the game of coaching, the one thing you know is you, locational security isn't always going to be a part of it, part of the job. But the opportunity to work with young men every day to help them be, be per better people. Uh, and helping experience success has been a blessing. You know, so you've been here three years now at university at Buffalo, and, and the cliched question from all of us is, how does a guy from Hawaii get used to what life and weather is like in western New York? But I, you don't seem to be bothered, and you're an offensive line, which means you probably don't really care anyway, do you? Right. You know, I, I, I tell this to people all the time. Um, you know, I spent seven years in Minnesota, two years in Wisconsin, and now three years here. I don't know what I did to somebody <laughs> in my former life, but they're they're getting it's after making me. Making up for those 17 years you spent in Hawaii, <laughs> You're right? Exactly right. But you know, all in all, um, you know, living in Western New York, um, it's been a blessing. The people are great. Weather is actually better than some other states I've lived in, to be quite candid with you. There you go. You. We like hearing that. Yeah, it's absolutely true. You know, I've lived it, so I know. So. All right. Well, when we come back with Bulls offensive line coach Daryl Agpulso, we're going to talk about his group as a whole. They've done a lot of good things this year. We'll talk about some of the key performers on the line, and we'll get into a little bit of the matchup of tomorrow night's game against Bowling Green, a 7:30 kickoff at UB Stadium that you can hear right here on ESPN 1520. We're at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Transit Road, and we want to tell you about the big speed easy party that comes up on Thanksgiving Eve. That's Thursday, Wednesday, November 22nd at 9 o'clock. Nerds Gone Wild hits the stage here at 9.30 p.m. They are a great group, all kinds of drink specials, and of course the 1927 special that goes on here to celebrate the year that it all started for Santoris. So we'll return to Santoris Pizza Pub and Grill on Transit Road in just a moment. This is the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. From U-Sports to the NFL, A-Turf Synthetic Grass Fields are helping athletes have fun and perform at their peak. More than 30 Western New York schools and over 400 schools nationwide call A-Turf their home field. It's what the UB Bulls play on and the Buffalo Bills too. A-Turf Titan has the highest safety rating and the longest warranty. A-Turf, optimal performance for athletes, superior value for owners. Learn more at aturf.com. On fall Saturdays, there's no better place to take in a Bulls football game than the Geshevitz Club. The Geshevitz Club provides Bulls fans with an unparalleled setting in which to experience a football game day at UB Stadium. Featuring club and lodge seating, premium parking, complimentary food and beverage service, and so much more. To reserve your seat in the Geshevitz Club, call us at 716-645-6867. Go Bulls! Attention UB Bulls fans, students, alumni, and staff. Are you shopping for a mortgage? Call Premium Mortgage, the experts in home financing and the official mortgage lender of the UB Bulls. Premium Mortgage has local Western New York processing and underwriting and offers a large variety of financing options and competitive rates and terms. Call now to speak to one of their educated and experienced loan officers at 716-633-0501 or visit premiummortgage.com. 2150 Worley Drive, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14221. Equal housing lender, licensed mortgage banker, NYSDFS, NMLS number 92181. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Water. Hey, it's me, Water. Ah, look, about what happened in your apartment with a broken pipe. 
Um, I just wanted to apologize for ruining all your stuff, and I hope this can all just be some me under the bridge someday. Oh, and also, I'm not paying for anything. Okay, bye. Water never pays for water damage. Luckily, the Geico Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. The Learfield Directors' Cup honors the nation's best overall collegiate athletic program in each division, men's and women's sports. The prestigious award continues its reign as the crowning achievement in college athletics, noting the remarkable efforts of student-athletes and their institutions. To follow your favorite team, like us on Facebook, find us at USA Today online and on Twitter at ldirectorscup.com. Over two decades of excellence, the Learfield Directors' Cup. The Hyatt Regency in downtown Buffalo is the perfect place for your parents to stay when they come to visit you. The Hyatt Regency Buffalo is located within walking distance to over 50 restaurants and clubs and has great amenities like a 24-hour fitness center, free Wi-Fi, and a full-service spa on property. It's perfect for your parents and just far enough away from UB to eliminate those unannounced morning drop-ins on you. The Hyatt Regency Buffalo. Welcome back to UB Football Insider Show from here at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Transit Road. My name is Paul Peck, joined by Bulls offensive line coach Daryl Agpalsa as we get you ready for tomorrow night's game. It's the Bulls and the Bowling Green Falcons. Daryl, talk a little bit about your unit. Um, a lot of good things have happened on offense for the Bulls this year, even having to play different quarterbacks. Uh, you've got a running back who's had a lot of success with four 100-yard games. Give me a sense of where, where your guys, and it's not just five, it's about eight or nine, but give me a sense of where your guys up front have been this year. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's always a, it's always a great thing when you have the opportunity to play a bunch of guys at the position. It just creates a little more continuity and excitement to play to come out every day. It creates more competition and guys are pushing to get better. So um, overall, the season has been it's been good. Uh, we want to continue to improve and get better. Um, but but the strength of our young guys as they continue to gain experience in games has been really good for us. Has there been a challenge for the offensive line as a whole uh, of having to play three different quarterbacks with varying degrees of styles as well, too? Is that does that make it different for an offensive line yeah I think at the end of the day each each quarterback has a special skill set that they're really great at and um, as as quarterbacks change even like cadences change which mm -hmm. some people never think about um, it, it does take a little bit of continuity and change for but it's nothing that they can't get done on a week-to-week basis you know we're going to talk a little bit as the show goes on about what we saw from Tyree Jackson coming off the injury in the last game against Akron and it was a Tyree Jackson that didn't want to run didn't run at all which is completely different than the Tyree Jackson that we saw earlier in the year I would assume for your offensive line having a quarterback who has the ability to run like Tyree maybe changes some things and then all of a sudden you get him back but he isn't running so what was that adjustment like well I'll tell you what anytime a person comes back off of uh, injury um, there's always a process of them getting the game and getting their feet wet again and getting com comfortable in the game speed so you know we knew we were going to go through something where Tyree would have to get back up to speed with the game and as the course of the game went on you could see him gaining confidence and becoming better and better and, and looking forward this week we're pretty excited what he's going to be able to do. I think a lot of Bulls fans have always uh, looked at and I, I think you'll tell me that everything on the offensive line always starts with having a great center and you've got one in James O'Hagan how has he raised the level of his game this year? I, I will tell you what what James does the best for our unit you know, obviously he's played a lot of games for us, um, has basically started this thing off ever since we got here is just his consistency. You know, he we, we talk about being disciplined and doing your job on, on a day-in and day-out basis and on a rep-to-rep -rep basis in the game, and that's probably what he models the best, and it's great for our young players to see. You mentioned, and we talked briefly about, you've played a lot of offensive linemen. Sometimes there are nine or ten that will play in a given game. I think there's always a perception that you want to pick your five and stick with them because it's such a continuity position. Sure. Yet you've already mentioned that there are benefits in getting younger players in so that they get experience. Is that, as a coach, do you have to kind of find the right mix of that? I do, I do. I think there's a true balance to it because what you're saying is true if you have five 
five players and continuity is, is at a premium um, and they're playing at a high level, I think it's important to keep them in. But for us, what we found is we have players that we can plug in and plug out that, that creates a continuity and keeps it the same. And we're really lucky that way. You know, and we've seen players like Jacquees Webb. He's played some tackle left and right. He's played some guard. Mm -hmm. Paul Nosworthy's played guard, played some tackle last week. Uh, the young redshirt uh, Awasika played a little bit more early in the year before he got a little banged up. We've seen Skylar Hartley mm -hmm. play at guard. Um, you like where the maybe the, the starters have done a good job, but do you like where you're developing the depth with some of those guys? I do. I think at the end of the day, the more experience you can create on your offensive line, the better you'll be. Obviously, the position itself is just such a physical position you have to play. So obviously, injuries and those like things always occur. And to have a person that has game experience behind them and to bring them in and put them in and plug and play makes it a lot easier. With Bulls offensive line coach Daryl Agpalsa, we're here at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill. It's the UB Football Insider Show. Tomorrow night, you got the Bowling Green Falcons come in at 2-7, two 2-3 and seven, two and three in the MAC, coming off an impressive win for them over Kent State. When I mentioned earlier in the show, they may be 2-7, and seven, but they're kind of interesting. And when you look at their defense, they've given up a lot of yards, yet they're among the top 10 teams in the country at forcing turnovers. Their 13 forced fumbles, I think, are third or fourth in the country. Is that what jumps out at you when you start to break down Bowling Green's defense? Yeah, when you watch Bowling Green's defense, they do a great job of getting to the ball and, and working on turnovers and doing a great job with red, red zone defense, which, you know, talking to you earlier, are two very important statistics for defenses. So, you know, they've they've bent at times, but I'll tell you what, they do a great job getting after the ball and, and then really getting after you in the red zone. They have some experienced guys on the defensive line that you've spent a good part of the week preparing for. Defensive end David Konowalski's had a lot of starts, uh, 21 of them in his career. Gus Schwederman, one of their D tackles, mm -hmm. over 30 starts. Mm -hmm. uh, and they've got pretty active linebackers too. What What's jumped out at you about that front seven? I'll tell you what, those two guys you just talked about jumped out to us. You mm -hmm. know, it's from from when we started game planning them, we, we both played them. Uh, we played against both of them a year ago. Um, so we have a good feel for, for what they do. I know they uh, they moved number 63 in and out at DN because of injuries and things. But, you know, they've done a great job and they're, they're a model of just um, consistency for that group. Right. And final question for you, Daryl. Uh, you know, I think every coach and player that we've talked to throughout the course of the season and at times it's been frustrated with all those narrow defeats the, the everybody says the, the the attitude is good the momentum is good the players haven't let some of those frustrating things kind of bog them down a little bit can you talk about your group and how they've handled a lot of positives this season on mm -hmm. the growth meter but a lot of those games where you're like man two one-point losses and to three-point losses, that, that can wear down a little bit on a group. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you can always sit and, and think about what it, what it could have been, but at the end of the day, we got the cards we got dealt is what it is. And what we always talk about in our room is, is daily improvement um, and getting better at something every day because we know if we all improve as a unit, each individually, uh, we'll make our unit that much stronger and our team that much better. So that's, that's basically the goal is to work on improving in something and on football um, and something outside of football too. Right, and I know because you're a football coach, you only look one day game ahead, which mm -hmm. is tomorrow night. But the bigger picture for those of us who can think on a broader scale is you still got a chance to get to be bowl eligible with three games left. If you can run the table here against a couple of teams that have struggled, and then you got Ohio at the end of the season, which is always uh, a great game. There's still a chance that this season uh, some of those goals that are that were put out for you guys this season are still attainable, um, even though I know you're only thinking about one thing, which is Bowling Green tomorrow. And, and I'll tell you what, Paul, the best part is it, uh, it all starts tomorrow with Bowling Green. There so. you go. Darrell Agpal says the Bulls offensive line coach, we're glad to give him a little bit of chance to talk about his group up front. And as every offensive lineman knows, when we're not mentioning their names, it's a good thing, right? That's a lot of truth to that. There yeah. you go. Well, <laughs> let's hope we don't talk about any of them during tomorrow night's game, except to say they've led the Bulls offense to a big day of production. Awesome. Appreciate it. All right, Daryl Pulse is the Bulls offensive line coach. We're going to flip it to the other side of the ball. We're going to bring in Bulls defensive line coach Tim Edwards when we continue. This is the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. You thought the closest you'd get to a UB football game was your big screen? Think again. Bulls fans, get in safe and secure with Ticketmaster, the official ticketing partner of the University of Buffalo. Save the suspense for the game, not the gate. Know for sure that your tickets are 100% authentic, guaranteed, and ready for kickoff. Now there's nothing to keep you from seeing it live. Just go to Ticketmaster.com, search for UB football, and be a part of the big game. 
UB football returns to UB Stadium Tuesday, November 7th when they host the Falcons of Bowling Green State. Kickoff is slated for 7.30 p.m. with amazing touchdown catches. Hangs it up deep into the end zone. Jump ball caught. Touchdown! And gritty defensive plays. Looking to throw. He is rushed. Sacked! There's no better place to take in some midweek action than UB Stadium. For tickets and more information, call 877-UB-THERE or visit ubbulls.com. This month at Town BMW, lease a 2017 BMW 320i X-Drive sedan for $295 per month. Only $295 per month. Call 505-2100, 505-2100, or stop by 8215 Main Street in Williamsville today. Town BMW is proud to be the official auto partner of UB Athletics and offers special pricing to UB students and employees. Pricing, performance. We got this, Coach. Join our hometown team and let's have a winning season. We, we love our town. Attention Bulls fans now introducing the latest and greatest addition to UB Athletics, the TriPoint team of Keller Williams Realty. The TriPoint team serves the Western New York community with buying, selling, and investing in real estate. For all of your real estate needs, call the TriPoint team, the MVPs of real estate at 716-398-4425 or visit ubbulls.com slash TriPoint team. The TriPoint team, the official real estate partners of the UB Bulls. Join us at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill. Hey, it's Paul Santora letting you know we have two great locations. One on Millersport Highway next to the Marriott. One on Transit Road next to Transit Lanes. We've got 60 taps, 66 TVs. All of our food is made to order with the freshest and most natural ingredients. Both locations have live music, Millersport on Friday, Transit Friday and Saturday night. There's no better place to enjoy football and hockey with great drink and food specials for every game. Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill since 1927. Four generations strong, the only family to say we are the original. Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill. Great food, great people, great beer. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. My name is Paul Peck. We're at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Transit Road. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria. They got the big speakeasy party on one of the biggest party nights of the year. That is November 22nd, Wednesday, the eve of Thanksgiving. And this is going to be the place to come and celebrate the 90th anniversary for Santora's. Lots going on that night with the speakeasy party, including the band Nerds Gone Wild. They'll start playing at 9.30, but a lot to be had here at Santora's is the place to be. You, Tim Edwards, Bulls defensive line coach, will probably be busy doing some last-minute game planning for the game against Ohio two days later, but we'll have to get you here for one of those events sooner or later. Yeah, that sounds sounds interesting. Speakeasy party. Yeah, well, there yeah. you go, just like in 1927 yeah. when the whole thing got started. <laughs> we are joined. We flip it around. We had Darryl Ag Paulson the last two segments. Now we're going to go on the other side of the line, talk with Bulls defensive line coach Tim Edwards in his third season here at the University at Buffalo. And we'll start off by letting everybody get to know you a little bit. And as we look through your resume, it's a very interesting one. You've been a lot of places. You've done a lot of things. You've played in different countries. Um, take me back to the college days and on the brink of making it to the NFL. What was it like uh, being a big-time college football player who had a chance to go into the pros? Well, it, it was nice. You know, obviously, you get caught up in the moment of playing. You don't really see, especially Delta State, small D2. wasn't like everybody's going to the NFL from your team. So, have a lot of fun, play hard, and play for the game of football, then have success. Then next thing you know, you start getting letters, senior bowl invites, and then, wow, agents calling, like, I really had a chance. So it, it just kind of snuck up on me, which was great because it allowed me to stay within what I need to be concentrating on playing football and getting better. So you get a chance to go to the NFL and you wind up spending three years with the New England Patriots. And like you said, this wasn't anything you were counting on. Did, did you have to wrap your head around the fact that you're standing there with a bunch of NFL players in an NFL training camp and got a shot to play in the league like that? No, it was just every every day was it was a grind, a struggle, not knowing you're going to get cut, released. So, you know, thank God I already had a degree and, and – allowed me to do things that I wanted to concentrate on doing. It was like chasing a dream, 
living in the city of Boston and, and learning and seeing all the things you read about in books and things of that nature. So you play with the Patriots in the early 90s, and, and they were not the Patriots that we know of today, right? <laughs> I think you'll close. be the not first to close. tell me that. <laughs> um, but uh, you get a nice career there, and before I could even I, – I mentioned to you before the show, I did a little research, and I wanted to see if you remembered who your first NFL sack came against, and it's not a shock to me that you had the answer like that. Yeah, yeah, Jim Kelly, that was great. Here, here in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, you know, you asked me that. It wasn't like I had 100 of them, so I kind of, <laughs> it's kind of easy to figure that one out. But, uh, yes, when we played, obviously the Bills was the, was the team, you know, four straight Super Bowls. They were the team that was winning AFC East and doing it well. So, it, it was, a, obviously it was a good game. It was a challenge. They and won you, the you game and all that 17-6, though. That was yeah. a team that was scoring 35 yeah. Yeah. points a game. Yeah. You guys were able to hold them 17-6. Jim Kelly threw a couple of touchdown passes, but what, what do you remember about the play, about the sack? I mean, is it something that you can still picture these days? Honestly, I can't go back to remember all of that. I just know I had the opportunity to make a play. And it was, like you said, a lot of our games, unfortunately, was not meaningful, but it was a big game. And we traditionally played – it was always been a big game between New England and Buffalo. I think it still is now. It probably, sure is, yeah. It just don't go for, the way. For the opposite yeah, reasons yeah. a little bit But it still is a big game, you know, so it was good. All right, I couldn't stump you, Tim Edwards, on that. I'm going to try to stump you on this one. You, The leading tackler on that team that you played for uh, was a middle linebacker. He was a really good player for the Patriots. And he had a great nickname. Oh, Undertaker. There Vincent, you Vincent see, Brown. I can't tell. Yeah. Vincent Brown, yeah. longtime yeah. Bills fans will remember. Vincent Brown was a really, really yeah. good yeah. player, middle linebacker for the Patriots. They used to call him the Undertaker, right? He, yeah, Vincent was a bad dude. He was yeah, a was like, bad literally, dude. Literally, literally. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good we'll, guy, though. we'll good move guy. on to that. So yeah. then after the year of the Patriots, you go up to the CFL and you play three years up there. What was the, like, what was the experience like playing now, up there in Saskatchewan? That was a beautiful experience. You know, obviously the, the level of football was a little easier. So, you know, I had a little more success. So I had a little more comfortability within myself. And it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful place. Uh, you get to stay after games. So you get a chance to really see the cities. You know, like NFL, you go, but you never get to see them because you get there the night before. It's work. As soon as the game's over, you're on the plane out. But we get there, you get to stay over. So you get a chance to see Vancouver, Montreal, and Calgary, and all those places, and Toronto, Ottawa. It's, it's a beautiful place. So what makes you decide after the football career of playing comes to an end that you wanted to get into coaching? I didn't have anything to do, spending too much money, looking <laughs> for something to do. And one of my friends said, hey, they need a guy. So I went to Kentucky State. Uh, Romeo, uh, who's our, my last year uh, D-line coach at New England, he knew the head coach, George Small. They mm -hmm. was friends, and they was talking and said he needed a guy. And me, Romeo, I think he felt like he owed me a favor. Romeo Cornell you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Sure, who's still a very like he, prominent yeah. assistant coach. Like he owed me a favor because they ran me out of New England. <laughs> so uh, he called me and said, do I want to coach? And I was like, I don't know. He said, well, Josh Maul of Kentucky State have a job up there, a D-line coach. So I go up there and got snowed in and, and couldn't get away. So I went up there for an interview and got snowed in. I had to stay like three or four days. And next thing you know, 21 years later, I'm co coaching football. Well, that and that 21 years has taken you a lot of places, community colleges, even the Arena League Division II, uh, the MEAC Conference where you coached at Hampton and Florida A&M, Louisiana Lafayette, and then you wind up here. So as you look back on the whole coaching career, what are, what are some of the highlights? What jumps out at you over 21 years of being a coach? Oh, the highlights probably just the, the opportunity that the kids you affect. You know, I, I'm a country boy. I grew up down south, uh, family values, going to church and doing the right things, you know, and uh, having an opportunity to positively affect young men to, to get where I've been. And I know the reason I was made is because a lot of people, because I wasn't a squeaky clean guy now. A lot of people nudged me the right way, talked to me when I did things wrong, didn't throw me away, you know, gave me the opportunities to fix things, and, and it, it worked. So I kind of try to simulate the same thing with myself as yeah I, as and I, I, kid. I would assume you use those same lessons when you're talking yeah, to your guys yeah. as well now so it's, it's all the same yeah all right when we return with bulls defensive line coach tim edwards we'll talk a little bit about his group the way they played this year and break down a little bit of tomorrow night's matchup against bowling green it's the bulls and the bowling green falcons tomorrow night at ub stadium a 7 30 p.m kickoff we will return with the man whose first career sack came against hall of famer jim <laughs> kelly we're back to santors in a moment this is the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield.
This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio, 1520 AM, WWKB Buffalo. Support the Blue and White Fund, the fundraising arm of UB Athletics, and help build a strong foundation for years to come. You can play a critical role in making UB New York's public powerhouse. Invest in excellence. Invest in the future. Invest in UB Athletics and our student-athletes. Log on to bullsblueandwhite.com for more information. This month at Town BMW, lease a 2017 BMW 320i X-Drive sedan for $2.95 per month. Only $2.95 per month. Call 505-2100, 505-2100, or stop by 8215 Main Street in Williamsville today. Town BMW is proud to be the official auto partner of UB Athletics and offers special pricing to UB students and employees. Pricing, performance. We got this, Coach. Join our hometown team and let's have a winning season. We love our town. Attention UB Bulls fans, students, alumni, and staff. Are you shopping for a mortgage? Call Premium Mortgage, the experts in home financing and the official mortgage lender of the UB Bulls. Premium Mortgage has local Western New York processing and underwriting and offers a large variety of financing options and competitive rates and terms. Call now to speak to one of their educated and experienced loan officers at 716-633-0501 or visit premiummortgage.com. 2150 Worley Drive, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14221. Equal housing lender, licensed mortgage banker, NYSDFS, NMLS number 92181. From U Sports to the NFL, A-Turf Synthetic Grass Fields are helping athletes have fun and perform at their peak. More than 30 Western New York schools and over 400 schools nationwide call A-Turf their home field. It's what the UB Bulls play on and the Buffalo Bills too. A-Turf Titan has the highest safety rating and the longest warranty. A-Turf, optimal performance for athletes, superior value for owners. Learn more at aturf.com. You thought the closest you'd get to a UB football game was your big screen? Think again. Bulls fans, get in safe and secure with Ticketmaster, the official ticketing partner of the University of Buffalo. Save the suspense for the game, not the gate. Know for sure that your tickets are 100% authentic, guaranteed, and ready for kickoff. Now there's nothing to keep you from seeing it live. Just go to Ticketmaster.com, search for UB football, and be a part of the big game. At Pepsi, we think it's important to celebrate stuff in life. Like when you text that really cute guy you met at a party on Friday, and he immediately texts you back, you celebrate with an ice-cold Pepsi. Or your friend turns on the radio, and your absolute most favorite new song just happens to be playing. That calls for a Pepsi, too. Because when you and your roommate order a pizza, and the delivery guy throws an extra breadsticks no charge... Break out the Pepsi. Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show. We're t- Tim Edwards is telling me stories here about those great, not-so-great gr- not Patriots days. <laughs> Your coach was Dick McPherson. A lot of people remember Coach Mack coach from Mack. Syracuse. Did a lot of great things there. Just passed away in the last couple of months. But And I had the experience to get to know Coach Mack while I was a student at Syracuse. One of the greatest guys ever, right? I think you'd agree coach with Mack, me on that. Coach Mack, good guy. Gave me the opportunity to uh, uh, carry out a dream of mine. And just, just a good person, even, even after the league and, you know, things go. And I, I can't recall – People just talking bad about it. Just yeah. in general. Anything that you ever he was a big sayings guy. You ever <laughs> find yourself repeating hey, a Coach Max saying? The the one that always sticks, which is me, I'm a I'm a, a beer guy. Uh drink the first, sip the second, refuse the third. And uh <laughs> he said most of his guys were typical football players. They would drink the first, sip the second, forget, and start back over <laughs> and drink the first one again. So Shout out to Coach Mack. Man. That totally sounds yeah, like something yeah. Coach Mack would say. All right, we're going to talk with Tim Edwards a little bit about his group on the D-line and a little bit about the matchup with Bowling Green tomorrow night. This week's Keys to the Game presented by Town BMW, the official auto partner of UB Athletics. We love our town. Your guys up front have done a very nice job this year, a lot of improvement. But let's start with the guys that don't get as much of the publicity uh, those two D tackles, Ford and Brandon, have both been outstanding all year long. What has helped elevate their games this year? Well, I think they just both been able to complement each other, and uh, I think we've done a lot of things to complement them as uh, far as getting them a chance to get in the gap and fill the gap. And, and they just, you know, you say third year dealing with those guys, you know, physically they both look a lot better than they did. Obviously, uh, Brandon came as a freshman, 
and Chris was already here, and they they're both just big guys that and embraced. We, we say that word a lot. Embrace. They've embraced saying, "I'm gonna get double teamed." You know, we we practice. We change our practice a little bit where the O line and D line get a chance to service each other, best on best, and. I think they've both taken advantage of it, and I think we're a better group. And I think it's pretty safe to say that Khalil Hodge would not be number two in the country in tackles if he wasn't being freed up to run to the ball by those yeah. two big guys in front of him. Well, that's, that's just like a running back. You're not going to have a big-time running back unless you got some big-time guys blocking. And you, you start looking at linebacker play, running back play, he's you got to find the gap and you got to take it. And uh, I think he's taking advantage of it. And he's a big guy too, so <laughs> – that's three big guys inside, so which has worked out well for us. With Bulls defensive line coach Tim Edwards, your ends, particularly Damone Harris, we, we always know you're going to get solid play out of Damone, but Chuck Harris on the other end, again, a guy who has really elevated his game. What what your coaching and his hard work have combined, but what's been the key for Chuck? Well, not, you know, Chuck is not a come-off-the-bench guy anymore. I think he's he's uh, been a young kid. Really, Chuck is 19 years old now. He's not even 20 yet. So he's a young guy and, and, and been able to take his starting role after we lost Brandon Crawford to graduation. And he, he's always been an impact player. I think he's just getting more reps, more opportunities, and, and just taking advantage of them. I think one of the things Bulls fans will probably have noticed through the course of the year is there are a lot of times when you, first off, you're playing a lot of D linemen anyway. There are times when you'll sub four for four, yeah. and it, it'll be like a grand central station of guys trying yeah. to come on and off yeah. the field. But that second unit has gotten a lot of playing time. How valuable has that been for you and for them? Oh, that's big time. That's big time because, honestly, you can't play the way you want kids to play 70, 80 plays, you know, and that'd be selfish for us to even think a kid could. And they don't train like that. They don't train for 78. They train for spurts, and, and that's what they do. And it's been great. You know, Malcolm Coons been able to be a uh, – came in from Milford Prep, a freshman kid, and, and now you got a guy that did start last year, Miles Nicholas. Now he's in the second wave of guys. You know, Wesley Scott, a guy that we was able to redshirt last year and play. And so – there's been a lot of guys, you know, walk on. Uh, Chibuzi on Wuka came out of nowhere, and Jake Corey, guys that's played, and and uh, a bunch of guys have played, and it makes the makes the locker room better, makes the meeting room better, and everybody know you have to get yourself together. If you get on that plane, you're gonna have to play, and if you ain't going for a ride. You're gonna have to play. All right, no plane tomorrow, but a pretty big test from a team that might still stick in your crawl a little bit for the way they were able to run on you last year. But the Bowling Green Falcons have sort of found some improvement by focusing on the run. So talk to me about the challenge of stopping BG's running back crew um, in tomorrow night's game. Well, they got two good running backs, two good running backs. One of the kids, a kid from Texas, and he runs hard and. They got a good group of guys. They're kind of comparable to us. Uh, the record don't show, but that they got a good football team. You watch them play. They they run hard. They the O line is. They got two leftover guys from a team that's won one, two, three championships. So those guys are used to winning. They're crafty old. You know, they they good tough football players. Used to winning. So it's gonna be a challenge. But I think the MAC is is like that week in and week out. Anybody could beat anybody, which is great for us and. It'll be good. It'll be a good test to see where we're at and, and see uh, where they're at. Our, our guys are really excited. That's one team that we haven't had a chance to beat since we got here, and it's almost like a little rivalry game, but I think we need to win one to make it a rivalry. One of their players, freshman running back, number 32, Andrew Clare, four straight 100-yard games, yeah. been one of the more impressive newcomers to the MAC this year. Specifically to him, what have you seen from him, and what's the challenge in making sure that you can prevent another one of those 100-yard games? Yeah. Well, we just got to be gap sound. Everybody got to be in that gap. And one thing he has, which is uh, – he can stick his foot in the ground and jump a gap and not run you to a, a corner. That, that's one thing probably you got to be kind of uh, fearful of or respect most. So he can turn a play that's have nothing there and just outrun people to the corner. So uh, he has good power, but he can jump a gap and run. And, and the last thing for you, Tim, they've got some injuries on their offensive line. They may be playing some backups, even some freshmen. Starting a freshman quarterback, you've got a relatively veteran unit. How much of an advantage can you make that in tomorrow night's game, your veteran defensive front against a bunch of freshmen, offensive linemen, quarterback, and running back that just may not have the level of experience that your guys do? Yeah. But game 10 is no real freshman no okay, more Okay, good Every, point. Everybody I've played, and you talk about FBS, college football players, not like this is junior college. So they are, they have good football players. Even the guys that sub and in can play. You know, they all played, and, and uh, 
So, but I think we're an older, mature guy, and hopefully that'll, that'll come out to a late game. It's, it's a Tuesday night game. Hopefully it's really, 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 really cold. And, <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't care if we even get a little lake effect. It'd be really nice for, for the D-line. But we're excited about where we're at. You're talking about DeMar 24, and those guys, they, they put a lot invested in their time here. And then we know where we're at. We need this game to keep our hopes alive and our dreams, and, and they're in the way of trying to stop what we're trying to get done. So the guys are excited, had a good meal earlier. Look forward to seeing tonight and tomorrow after class, we, the MAC action, and we try to do what we need to do to get it done. All right. Hey, thanks for the time. Thanks for the insight. Thanks for the stories. Paul, good luck tomorrow night. Tim no Edwards doubt. is no the doubt. Bulls' defensive line coach. He'll get his guys ready to play tomorrow night when the Bulls take on Bowling Green. We're going to dive much more into a scouting report on the Falcons when Bulls radio color analyst Scott Wilson joins us. That's our next segment. This is the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. You thought the closest you'd get to a UB football game was your big screen? Think again. Bulls fans, get in safe and secure with Ticketmaster, the official ticketing partner of the University of Buffalo. Save the suspense for the game, not the gate. Know for sure that your tickets are 100% authentic, guaranteed, and ready for kickoff. Now there's nothing to keep you from seeing it live. Just go to Ticketmaster.com, search for UB football, and be a part of the big game. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. On fall Saturdays, there's no better place to take in a Bulls football game than the Geshevitz Club. The Geshevitz Club provides Bulls fans with an unparalleled setting in which to experience a football game day at UB Stadium. Featuring club and lodge seating, premium parking, complimentary food and beverage service, and so much more. To reserve your seat in the Geshevitz Club, call us at 716-645-6867. Go Bulls! Attention Bulls fans now introducing the latest and greatest addition to UB Athletics, the TriPoint team of Keller Williams Realty. The TriPoint team serves the Western New York community with buying, selling, and investing in real estate. For all of your real estate needs, call the TriPoint team, the MVPs of real estate at 716-398-4425 or visit ubbulls.com slash TriPoint team. The TriPoint team, the official real estate partners of the UB Bulls. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. UB football returns to UB Stadium Tuesday, November 7th when they host the Falcons of Bowling Green State. Kickoff is slated for 7.30 p.m. with amazing touchdown catches. Hangs it up deep into the end zone. Jump ball caught. Touchdown! And gritty defensive play. Looking to throw. He is rushed. Sacked! There's no better place to take in some midweek action than UB Stadium. For tickets and more information, call 877-UB-THERE or visit ubbulls.com. Welcome back to Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Transit Road, Buffalo's original pizzeria as we continue UB Football Insider, the radio show. We thank Daryl Ag Palsa and Tim Edwards for being our guests and filling in for Coach Leipold tonight. Of course, the night before a game, Coach had some duties with the team, so we thank those guys for being outstanding guests for us here today. Of course, it's the Bulls and the Bowling Green Falcons tomorrow night. It is Tuesday night maction here on an election night. Bulls have played on an election night a number of other years. Always exciting to be part of the focus of college football on a Tuesday night, and it's a big game for the Bulls. So for a breakdown of the Bowling Green Falcons, we welcome in UB Radio color analyst Scott Wilson who joins us on the line. Scotty, how are you tonight on this Monday in November? 
Good, good. The weather's starting to dip down a little bit. Uh, Temperature-wise, starting to feel a little bit more like uh, football weather. And, you know, you, you can't ask for, you know, the season on the line here in each of the last three games. And uh, it's going to be uh, a fun close to the season. Yeah, I think it really is going to be. And there's an opportunity for the Bulls with the with the schedule to really uh, put themselves in a position to um, still be bowl eligible. And there may still be a chance at that, but they're going to have to win out the rest of the way. It starts tomorrow night. Before we get into BG first, Scotty, I want to ask you one quick question. You talked a lot on our last broadcast in the game against Akron how we saw a much different Tyree Jackson in that game because he didn't want to run, because coming off the knee there wasn't going to be that part of the offense he 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 looked to you and I'll let you talk more about it that he really became a pocket passer for the first time yeah I I I just you know just watching his game from last week um even watching it back here in the the long week Tyree showed a, a different aspect to his game because he had the ability to run and he had kind of leaned back on that athletic ability so much in his career so far here at UB we hadn't really seen him kind of just sit back and survey the field and dice up a defense just from the pocket. And we got to see that against Akron. Uh, um, if, if you want to kind of equate it to a Drew Anderson type of game, I, I think that that's fair to do. Uh, I thought as far as just pure passing wise and with other than the interception that he threw in the end zone, I thought it was his best decision-making game in the passing game that he had had Uh, In his career, he was patient. He was reading defenses. He was hitting checkdowns for for nice chunks of yardage to keep the sticks moving. And uh, I liked the tempo that the team was operating at. Just overall in the passing game, Tyree was was brilliant, with the exception of the the interception. And really the interception was born uh, from the fact that normally he would run it in from that close to the end zone. And I think that he was kind of – caught in between trying to play it safe and not fully confident yet um, off the injury. Plus, I think knowing that, uh, you know, if he goes down, there's there's really not much left on the depth chart. There's only one other quarterback in, in Kyle Van Trees, and it was a big game. I think that all that weighing on his mind, I think, led more to the, um, to the interception there in the end zone in, in the second quarter more than just his overall play or decision-making that we saw, which – I thought, like I said, I, I thought was was really, really good. It, it's another step. I mean, we've seen him really since he started playing and took over the starting role last year. I feel like every game we've seen a different thing about Tyree Jackson get a little bit better and take the next step. And last week, even though they lost, it, it was, I think, a big step for Tyree, the offense, and just overall in Tyree's career. Yeah, career-high numbers of 34 pass completions, 50 attempts, and 313 yards. And you brought up something that Coach Leipold brought up to me late last week when we were taping one of our interviews for the game, which was he had five checkdown throws to running backs. Even Coach said, I don't think he'd had five checkdown throws his entire two years of starting, but we saw it in that game. All right, we'll talk more about Tyree, obviously, in the pregame show tomorrow, but we're going to talk a lot about the BG Falcons, Scott. And, you know, and, and I'm sure as you've gotten ready for this game and I have as well too they may be two and seven they may be two and three in the Mac but they're doing a lot of the things that a team would normally do well to win they take the ball away they run the ball they're really good in the red zone Um, how do you explain the fact that their record hasn't necessarily reflected some of the things they're doing well like you said they they have been good as far as turnovers go defensively they've been pretty aggressive they've forced a lot of fumbles uh, I think they they are near the top of the country as far as fumbled recover fumbles recovered fourth overall, uh, yeah this year. So um, they are doing a lot of those types of things. I just think that it's been the inconsistency on offense and and like you mentioned there in the last segment, there's been some injuries on the offensive line here, especially of late the last couple of weeks that have taken effect. And you know I think that it's a team that's been struggling to find their identity. Um, they're a dangerous team offensively. They have a lot of weapons, but uh, you know, just watching their games this year, I feel like they've tried to be three different teams on offense this year. And it wasn't until they hit conference play, which they decided to, you know what, we're going to have to run the ball. Um, a lot of this coaching staff and the offensive philosophy is Texas tech 
air raid, throw it all over the place, you know, throw it 50 times a game. And I think that it kind of shows and some of the recruits that they've brought in and some of the decisions that they've made starting a, a freshman quarterback from Lubbock, Texas, <laughs> home of Texas Tech. Um, and they got to conference play, and it's been noticeable. They have run the ball on average 12 to 15 times more per game uh, since they've hit conference play than they did out of conference. And while it hasn't necessarily translated to wins, the point totals have definitely gone up, and they've started to be in all the games until the mid-third, late fourth quarter when some key turnovers went against them and set their opponents up with short fields. I mean, I thought that they played pretty well against Ohio. They just set Ohio up two or three times with, you know, really short fields that the Bobcats cashed in and was able to get some easy points and then stretch out the lead in the fourth quarter. But it's a dangerous team that can really uh, turn some heads when they get the offense rolling. Now here in the running game, they've got a, a young running back in Claire who isn't necessarily the number one back because he's a freshman, but has shown uh, flashes that he might end up, even though he's not going to have the total number of carries like a Jarvion Franklin did his freshman year at Western, um, or even Bogan had uh, at Western the next year, that he still could show to be the, the rookie of the year in the conference. Um, just, just he's had a freshman of the year. He's had an unbelievable season, despite being number two on the death chart for BG. Once they've started to run the ball here the second half of the season, they've been able to pick up some steam, except for Northern Illinois. Uh, that yeah. game has kind of been their outlier. They've been able to pick up some steam and, and come close. And then last week, you know, they're, they're riding high coming into UB off of um, their best win of the season, one of their few wins of the season at Kent State, and uh, a, a really an all-around dominating performance for them. So I, I would assume that this, this is going to be as confident a group and kind of as collected a, a team as far as what they want to be and what they want to accomplish offensively that maybe they've been all season. Uh, I believe, to, to, to your point, I think they've run for about at l no less than 180 yards per game since Mac play started, and Andrew Clare has run for 100 yards and four straight. He's the fourth leading rusher in the Mac. Quick question for you about their quarterback. They're starting a true freshman. He'll make his fourth career start. He is a kid from Texas that you mentioned. His name is Jarrett Dagey. The running game has obviously made his life a little bit easier, but what opportunities do you see for the Bulls' de uh, defense uh, in facing a freshman quarterback? who, you know, is still trying to figure out exactly what he's looking at every time. Well, they've, they've, they've protected him a little bit as far as play calls and, and some of the short passing game. You know, like I mentioned, it's the Texas Tech air raid offense um, kind of base originally. It's what they want to run, and I think that they went down, um, you know, Jared Dagey, who will start against Buffalo, the wide receivers coach, is his brother, who was the star quarterback at Texas Tech who threw for a gazillion yards, uh, Seth Dagey. So uh, I, I think that that's where they want to go to, and they went down to Texas, and they got a guy who's kind of got this style of offense just in his blood and has grown up around it his entire life. I think he feels comfortable with it. I, I don't think necessarily athletically he's better than uh, James Morgan, who has started and played a lot this year for, for BG at quarterback. I just think that he's able to kind of process the passing game a little bit better in this system than, than Morgan. And Morgan was turning the ball over a bunch. He was throwing a lot of interceptions. Um, I think Daggy's going to probably try to keep the short passing game going, and they'll lean on that running game. And uh, they're going to try maybe one or two deep shots if they, if they get the opportunity to spread the bulls out and, they'll, you know, maybe use a slot guy to test the safety every now and then. But I think that they'll probably try to play it safe, you know, bubble screens, wide receiver screens. Um, you know, short stuff over the middle where they can get it to a couple of their fast wide receivers to maybe make a play, but ultimately to kind of keep the drive going. Um, it's not really a big play offense, especially once, like I said, they've gotten a conference play. They've been able to chew up some, some big chunks in the running game. But I think that Daigie is kind of a, a game manager for them that just kind of processes what they want to do in the passing game a lot better than the other quarterbacks that they've got on the roster right now. 
All right, and uh, he's playing behind a banged-up offensive line. I know we're going to talk a lot about that. Scott Wilson is the Bulls radio color analyst. He'll be a part of the broadcast tomorrow night right here on ESPN 1520. Our pregame starts at 6.30. Kickoff between the Bulls and the Bowling Green Falcons at UB Stadium is 7.30. Scott, we will see you tomorrow night. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. Election night. There you go. Election night, Tuesday night, Maction. What more could you want? Scott Wilson, we'll check in with him again during the broadcast tomorrow when we return to the UB Football Insider Show from here at Santoras. John Fuller uh, takes us around the Mac and tells us about a couple of Bulls players who are in sight of some school records. That's our topic for the next segment. This is the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. UB football returns to UB Stadium Tuesday, November 7th when they host the Falcons of Bowling Green State. Kickoff is slated for 7.30 p.m. with amazing touchdown catches. Hangs it up deep into the end zone. Jump ball caught. Touchdown! And gritty defensive plays. Looking to throw. He is rushed. Sacked! There's no better place to take in some midweek action than UB Stadium. For tickets and more information, call 877-UB-THERE or visit ubbulls.com. This month at Town BMW, lease a 2017 BMW 320i X-Drive sedan for $295 per month. Only $295 per month. Call 505-2100, 505-2100, or stop by 8215 Main Street in Williamsville today. Town BMW is proud to be the official auto partner of UB Athletics and offers special pricing to UB students and employees. Pricing, performance. We got this, Coach. Join our hometown team and let's have a winning season. We love our town. Attention UB Bulls fans, students, alumni, and staff. Are you shopping for a mortgage? Call Premium Mortgage, the experts in home financing and the official mortgage lender of the UB Bulls. Premium Mortgage has local Western New York processing and underwriting and offers a large variety of financing options and competitive rates and terms. Call now to speak to one of their educated and experienced loan officers at 716-633-0501 or visit premiummortgage.com. 2150 Worley Drive, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14221. Equal housing lender, licensed mortgage banker, NYSDFS, NMLS number 92181. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Meanderings. Oh man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. I scored some big savings and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. What doesn't make sense is if we call bicycles bikes and tricycles trikes, shouldn't we call motorcycles mics? Hmm, maybe a bunch of guys named Mike teamed up and put a stop to it. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Welcome back to the final segment of the UB Football Insider Show. My name is Paul Peck. We thank Tim Edwards and Daryl Agpaulson, radio color analyst Scott Wilson, for being our guests on the show here, filling in for Coach Leipold, who's with the team tonight as they get ready for tomorrow night's game against Bowling Green. And we wrap it up in style, as we always do, with Assistant Athletic Director for Communications, John Fuller. John, tell us a little bit about a couple of Bulls players that are in range of some important school records in tomorrow night's game. Yeah, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Anthony Johnson has 888 receiving yards on the season so far only, only 112 yards uh, from a thousand yard season making it would make him only the fourth receiver in school history uh, with a thousand yard season uh, yeah and that's a pretty significant uh, you know um, achievement and, and like you said there's not been a lot of players here that have done it uh, AJ also seventh overall in the NCAA and leads the Mac in receiving yards all part of the amazing season that he's had and we thought it was going to happen a week ago it didn't based on what he's normally been doing but I got to feel like Khalil Hodge is going to get that FBS record this week yeah Khalil Hodge is 119 tackles on the season uh, Justin Winters has the school record, the FBS era school record of 125 that he had in two, uh, tackles in 2008, which he did in 14 games, mind you. That's right. Will Hodge is six tackles away from that record. Um, which we'd have in his 10th game, and he's just Amazing. an incredible season for Khalil. Yep, number one in the MAC, number two in the country in overall tackles is Khalil Hodge. Well, as we look at the MAC schedule and the standings, a couple things are starting to jump out at you. Toledo has continued this amazing season of theirs. They're on the brink of the top 25. They continue to rattle off big wins. They got a big one, uh, and what some people are thinking could very well be a MAC championship preview game. That's Wednesday night against Ohio, but uh, Toledo has been sort of the story 
story of the conference this year. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, Toledo's 8-1 and one overall. Their only loss coming to, uh, down in Miami. You know, there's still some outside chance that they could get that group of five bowl invitation. You know, UCF uh, is an undefeated team and, and nationally ranked. But they almost lost to, um, to SMU last week. That was a close game. So if they would ever lose and Toledo can win out, there's that opportunity to have a, a MAC team back into that group of five, uh, uh, you know, uh, January bowl game. And I'm trying to think of who else in the group of five is in play for that. And frankly, one of the teams that jumps out at you about the group of five is Florida Atlantic that has not lost <laughs> since they lost to the Bulls here. It is amazing. They're you, undefeated in their conference. Yep, they, they've, won, they've won out since, uh, since we beat them. And it really... Uh, goes to show what a significant win that was. You know, that was a great win for the Bulls uh, to get that win at home, and, and uh, you know, and, and Florida Atlantic has not lost uh, since then, so it really uh, goes to show how good a win that was. Yeah, so uh, again, tomorrow night uh, is going to be the Bulls and, Bull and uh, hosting Bowling Green. You've got Akron and Miami, then on Wednesday, the big one, Toledo and Ohio, so a lot still to be determined uh, throughout the conference, and the Bulls still have that chance of being bowl eligible. Too. Yep, I mean, they're three and six right now. A couple of winnable games against a couple of two-win teams coming in and tomorrow on Bowling Green and at Ball State next week. And if you win both of those, you're setting up for uh, you know, uh, a showdown. showdown with Ohio. Black Friday showdown. The Bulls have always played well against That's Ohio right. at home so for a chance to go to a bowl game. So everything's still in play. All right, tomorrow night it's the Bulls and Bowling Green at UB Stadium, 7.30 kickoff. We'll see you then. Thanks for watching the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. On the UB Sports Network, live from Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill, UB Football Insider with Lance Leipold has been presented by Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill. Also brought to you in part by our Team UB Partners, Ad Pro Sports, New Era Cap, by WGRZ Channel 2, by Town BMW, Comdoc, Nike, and by Pepsi. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the UB Sports Network.